Hey guys, and welcome to Happy Hour with Ashley. Who doesn't love a good happy hour? I'm coming at you real and unfiltered to talk about self-care, mental health, and everything in between. This podcast is designed to encourage, educate, and uplift each and every person that listens. I'm coming from both a clinical and a personal point of view to discuss various matters dealing with mental health, self-esteem, self-care, and everything in between, things that happen in life. Happy Hour is here to let each listener know that no matter what you may be going through, you can turn your obstacles into triumphs. So go ahead and like, share, subscribe, write a review, do all those great things, but just make sure you listen. All right. and happy Friday. Today we're going to be talking about how trauma affects relationships. So you know we're talking a little bit about trauma, talking about different things in trauma. And so today we're going to be talking about how trauma can affect your relationships, whether that's a relationship with a partner, um, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, or whether that's a relationship with a friend, a family member, job, all that kind of stuff, but mostly focused on like relationship with a partner. So, and I'm so great to have Sheena Tubbs on. She's a relational trauma and love addiction expert, coach, and licensed professional counselor based out of Houston, Texas. She's the founder of Black Girls Heal. It's an online community dedicated to helping women of color break the cycles of unavailable relationships and love addiction, heal unresolved childhood trauma, and improve their self-love to help make way for the love that they want. With these specializations, Sheena hosts the Black Girls Heal podcast which talks about all things love addiction, intimacy, attachment, and healing internal wounds. Her coaching programs housed under the Recovery School helps give women proven and tested systems to break these cycles and change their lives. Like, not only am I so excited to give you guys this goodness, but I'm also excited to get some goodness on my own because, you know, I'm breaking that cycle. So, you know, stay tuned. It'll be a great episode right after these um, short ads, okay? Did you know that Happy Hour is coming out with a self-care box? Well, Happy Hour's Let Me Love On Me box is a therapist-curated self-care box of goodies that aims to illustrate just how easy it is to take a moment all to yourself and increase happiness, self-love, and reduce stress. Each box is a unique mix of self-care goodies that are designed to bring more happiness into everyday life and different tools to motivate and take care of yourself. Because remember, nobody's going to love you like you love you. So you'll get various different things in each box, you know, varying between self-care wellness goodies, mindfulness and gratitude and happiness and self-love activities, positive affirmations. There might be some health self-help books, different things. And we have boxes for men and women. All right, welcome back to the hour. Again, like I told you before the break, we have an awesome guest on. Her name is Sheena Tubbs. She's the founder of Black Girls Hill. 
And she's going to talk to us today about how trauma can affect relationships. So Sheena, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining. You want to tell Happy Hour a little bit about yourself and your business? Yeah, so um, as you said, my name is Sheena Tubbs. I'm the founder of Black Girls Heal. Um, and what I do is I help women heal from love addiction, unresolved trauma that causes it, and improve their relationship with themselves to get the love and relationships that they want. And so I do that via coaching and online courses. Um, I have been in this field for over a decade. I'm actually a licensed professional counselor, but I switched into coaching because when it comes to love addiction and serving women in this capacity, I just found that extra support and more support is what's needed. So I switched into coaching so I can be able to provide that. Awesome. Yeah, and I started following your page. I don't know when, but I started following your page and definitely has a lot of great things. Um, even like, I wish I would have I don't know if I started following it in the last year or what, because I definitely could have used this at the end of my last relationship or while in it for sure. Because now that I'm, um, so I'm doing like this season three, I'm doing a segment on trauma and talking about different things about trauma. That's why I wanted to do this um, episode. But I'm also because I'm going through some trauma work and recognizing a lot of things. And one of the things that I recognized was how trauma can affect your relationships. Like specifically for me, you know, because I'm so used to chaos and never had, you know, peace or calm or anything, it's been so weird. And so I would always attract to the chaos. So in going through some of the work that I'm doing, I'm recognizing that that was like my coping mechanism to, even though I knew it was bad, I would just push it to the side and pretend like it wasn't. So I would stay in relationships longer than I needed to or choose the same kind of person over and over and over again. So how, how do you feel like trauma can affect your relationships? Yeah, so I would even like to change that statement versus trauma can versus trauma does. Um, trauma absolutely impacts our relationships because it, it affects how we see the world, how we show up in the world. So what we think about ourselves, what we think about whether or not being connected to somebody is safe or not. Um, what we expect conflict to look like. So do I expect that if I tell people what I want and what I need, that they're gonna listen to me or will they blame me or judge me or um, use it against me? All that is impacted by the traumas that we have or don't have. Whether or not we feel safe with certain type of people and not other type of people, um, whether or not we're trying to resolve um, unhealed trauma in our relationships. So constantly seeking a certain type of person is going to abandon us or leave us um, because we're just trying to, we are subconsciously or consciously recreating these wounds. Um, I agree with that for sure. definitely happens in all of those areas. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know, trying to recreate the same thing because just even in learning more about me and myself, Cause I always thought, you know, my trauma, cause you know, I have childhood trauma. I have, um, you know, some sexual assaults as an adult and just some PTSD from the military. So just, I have different levels of trauma that, you know, triggered and increased each part of it. And so just in, you know, recognizing and learning now, and it took me this long to do it, but learning now that, you know, 
I would subconsciously, because I was told when I was younger, I wasn't anything and I'd never be anything. I would always tend to find guys that would say the same thing or, you know, physical abusive and mentally abusive relationships because that's what I was used to from a child. And it didn't really make sense because I'm like, I know better. I should do better. Like, especially getting out of my last relationship, like I really stayed after all of that. And, you know, like I said, me and my therapist were addressing that. And it's because that's what I was used to. And even though I knew in my head that it was wrong, you know, I would still drift toward that same type of, just even friendships too, you know, jobs, all of that kind of stuff. I would drift to this, the same type of situation because that's what I was used to. And I don't think it was consciously, I think it was subconsciously, but I definitely, um, now that I'm learning more about it, feel like, you know, it did, my trauma affected, you know, the relationships I built. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's good that you were able to see that trend between all of those. Mm-hmm. So how does trauma affect how or who you choose to be in a relationship with? Yeah, well, um, like I was saying, and even how you just said, it's it, we are recreating our relationships often by finding someone who hurt us in the same way that maybe a caregiver or an authority figure, someone who had a significant place in our relation, in our childhood, um, we find that as adults. Um, there's a phrase that goes, your wound matches, or your bite matches my wound. So whatever my hole is shaped like, I'll find someone who will fit that, right? And I just keep doing that until I fill that wound up. Mm-hmm. And just even with that, thinking about that, you know, um if you don't heal from whatever it is you're gonna keep making the same choices over and over again like if you don't reckon like like I said it took me forever to recognize it but had I not you know started doing the work that I'm doing I wouldn't have recognized it and I probably would have been stuck in the same pattern of making the same choices continuously so you know I had to recognize that you know like I said I learned and I'm still learning that you know my trauma has a lot to do with you know who I dated who I be, became friends with what jobs I worked at how I just ended up in so many toxic relationships whether it was an intimate relationship or a friendship or a family member just all type of stuff like I, I saw that that's how I decided to cope I always pretended like it wasn't bad even though I knew it was bad yeah yeah sounds familiar that's so common and just even with you know enforcing boundaries and stuff I think that goes into that how would you what what would you say about boundaries and you know relationships and trauma um that's a really big topic do you have a specific question around that how so perhaps how not enforcing boundaries like not using them so for me for a long time I would feel guilty if I said no if you know somebody I was with wanted me to do something or you know, if a family member asked me to do something and because of that and me not enforcing those boundaries and allowing, continuing to allow people around me or be around situations that weren't good for me because I wasn't enforcing boundaries. It wasn't until I started using healthy boundaries that I was able to say no and not feel guilty about it, able to say no and protect my peace and my calm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting how you um, like talk about your healing process because I think for some people, They'll say, well, I need to use boundaries um, to get through the guilt. But you're right. I mean, boundaries, which is setting limits with people, does not necessarily eliminate 
um, the guilt um, because sometimes we can know exactly what we need to say and we can know that we need to create distance or we can know that we need to say no but we feel bad or we feel shame or we feel like we don't have a right to say that or we'll minimize what it is that we actually need and so the way that that relates to our trauma is that we were taught so Maybe we were praised for being um, a child who didn't have any wants and kind of just went with the flow. Maybe we were praised for being able to take care of other people and deny what we needed and we were such a good daughter or a good sister or a good god auntie or whatever it might have been. And so we grow up with women as women with those same habits. Um, and it could be hard to shake. It could be hard to distinguish what is me being compassionate and being empathetic with me being passive and recreating my so that's definitely part of your healing journey to figure out the difference between the two yeah and just even with when you think about um healing and you know getting to that or before I jump into that I remember you said at the beginning that you know one of your focuses was also love addiction do you want to go into that a little bit more because that sounds interesting yeah. Um, would you um, like me to like define it or what about love addiction? Yeah, you can define it and just, you know, explain a little bit more about it. So I'll tell you what I think my definition is. Okay. And I definitely believe I was addicted to love. So <laughs> and not necessarily addic- addicted to love, but addicted to the not wanting to be alone because I have abandonment issues. But, you know, when I think about it, I think about how again I chose I'll just speak love addiction definition from my point of view how I continue to choose the same type of person even if the next person seemed a little bit better but they also had those same characteristics and so and then when I wasn't with somebody I would feel like you know what's going on I'm going to be alone forever like I'm never going to find anybody or you know if you know I just couldn't be like for a long time I couldn't be alone I wasn't okay being alone and I was always looking for that next relationship yeah Yeah, so love addiction is the persistent obsession of a person, a relationship, or the fantasy of of a relationship and mistaking it for love. And using that obsession um, as a self-medication for, like you said, abandonment issues or inner wounds or insecure attachment is another way that it will show up in books and um, in other places as well. And so the thing about love addiction is that um, that's different than just normal attachment issues Um, and attachment being, you know, if I grow up in in a setting that is unhealthy or unstable, then I tend to connect to people in unstable ways. When someone is a love addict, it has that intense, intense energy around it that um if i don't have this i feel like i'm going to die like there's a literal withdrawal problem happens whenever it comes to going into no contact with people that you have these trauma bonds with um that can be physical so stomach issues um, headaches panic attacks it can be emotional and mental as far as the depression feeling lethargic fatigue um, um, not wanting to get out of bed, even suicidal thoughts, um, is the extreme extremeness that happens with love addiction. And it's also the extremeness that makes people feel a lot of shame because you'll compare yourself to what your girlfriends or even your guy friends are going through. And you know, everybody, um, if they have a dating relationship or dating history, will go through breakups. 
And I think even most people, even healthy people can relate to being attracted to the bad boy or bad girl and being in that relationship. But when you're a love addict, you take that so much deeper and it, there's so much more, like I said, obsession around it. Um, you can't let go, you keep going back and you're like, well, my friend keeps telling me that I'm worth it and I know I'm worth it, why can't I stop this, right? Um, but really it is, um, talk, I mean, talking about trauma, it's a trauma response. Love addiction is definitely a trauma response and it's only by healing plus learning how to connect to someone in a healthy way that that you get through it. Because I, I have a lot of women will come to me and they'll say, you know, I love what you do and I love what you talk about. So I will, they'll go into their therapy work and do their trauma work, which is awesome. However, their therapist or the person that's helping them doesn't really understand the dynamics of love addiction. And that is not just, oh, I dated someone and, you know, it has happened a couple of times and get over it and just think yourself out of it. It really is a deep unlearning of all the ways that you connect in relationships. And so they have to go together. You can't do one at a time. Otherwise, you just keep repeating the same pattern. Wow. That's really interesting. And I, and I get, you know, so I, I heard you say that, you know, it, it's a feeling of basically you can't live without them type of thing. And it's it, it becomes an obsession. So you're constantly you know, thinking of that person and it causes increased symptoms in different areas, pretty much, right? Yeah, and you know, I think even saying that can, for people who can relate to that, there can be some shame because at least the women that I work with, you know, most of the time, everyone looks like they have it all together. You know, they can even look like the beacon of self-care. You know, their hair is done, they, they have a good career, they have a good group of friends, and you know, so when it comes to being attached to this guy, it's like for them internally, it's like, why do I keep going through this? And so it could be something that they want to hide. It could be something that you know you'll talk to your friends about it for a little while, but they get tired of hearing about it. So that means it's just you and your own thoughts. And so no one really knows and understands how deep this goes for you, right? Um, so, so it can feel very isolating. And that's actually one of the things I actually recently did, um, like some interviews with some of my students about their experience and what they said had hit hands down, like they might join the program because they connect to me, but they all say like, what I love most is the group atmosphere because hearing and seeing that I'm not alone and that other women have felt the same thoughts that I doubted other women did has been life-changing you know so that's what I love to do I love having my podcast I love being able to talk about this stuff to give words to women who might be listening so that you know it's okay like you're not the broken one you're not the one who's always going to be alone you're not the one who's always going to deal with this you're not the fuck up you are okay um, it's completely normal and understandable what you're going through. There's a reason for it, which means that there's a way to heal it as well. Yeah, and I, I think healing, you know, with healing, healing must be intentional. You know, it takes practice. We have to do it. You know, just like you have to learn to tie your shoe and ride a bike, you have to practice healing and self-love. Um, you know, you have to, I believe you have to actively decide this is what I want, you know, and make a habit out of practicing and working on it. And, you know, you've gone through that hurt you gotta 
get on the other side to heal it and once it's healed you have to let it go you know for a long time I was big on holding grudges and not you know I mean forgiving anybody and doing these things like I have a cousin that I didn't talk to for over 15 years over something small but that was just where I was in my life in that in those moments and now that I'm growing and healing I'm understanding that you know the forgiveness isn't for them because I forgave them you know I'm forgiving them for me so I can let it go and it doesn't continue to haunt and hurt me so I think healing is super important you know um what would you say are some steps you know towards healing for somebody well, healing in which area? Because there's a lot of things to heal from, like you said. Like there's some forgiveness, and there's some addiction. Which part is, would you say, would be most helpful to talk about? Well, since we're talking about how trauma affects relationships, maybe healing from a, a bad relationship, an abusive relationship, a, a relationship that you might have been love addicted to, just different things. How can you heal from that? Yeah, so there's a difference between an abusive relationship in a love addictive relationship. And I say that because when someone is with someone who's abusive, they're typically with someone who's a narcissistic abuser. And what a narcissistic abuser will do is they will systematically dismantle your sense of self-worth and your connection to reality and what's real so that they can keep power and they can make you feel small. And so if you're healing from an abusive relationship, um, it is about one, doing complete no contact with the person forever and ever. Um, my heart goes out to women who may have children with people who are narcissists, but like you can't, if you can avoid it, you can't have any um, friendships or anything like that. And this is an important part of me saying um, the healing process because what happens when you try to like be nice or cordial or whatever else is the wound re reopens. It reopens mm -hmm. because of what they may say or do, but also because you and your attachment, like the reason you stayed so long is because you had hope that they would change or you saw this little glimmer or you had this fantasy of who they were. And so um, every time they um, disappoint you in that, you're recreating that same traumatic wound that was there before they got there and was reopened when they were there just piling on top. So you're constantly hurting yourself. So you have to do the no contact completely with them um, and then just work with whoever your trusted person is to rebuild that sense of identity and self. If you're, with, if you're in a love addicted relationship and you identify as a love addict, then your first step, same thing, but for different reasons, is for you to do no contact at first. And I actually have a roadmap that um, people can download that kind of goes through these steps. Um, but you need to do no contact there too, because um, same thing, like you're trying to be friends, you're trying to be above it, like they're a good person, um, I can deal with it, but you'll go off into fantasy. You'll have hope that things can reconnect you um y'all get along so well so why can't we just be together like all these things go up in your head or you see them start dating somebody else and that's abandoning and traumatizing so you need to do no contact so you can heal from that but also get at what is it that you were trying to get this person to give you and you're not going to get that while they're there like i'm not going to be able to exchange my desire for drinking sodas all day with vegetables if I'm still drinking the sodas all day. Like I'm still gonna want the soda. You know, I'm not gonna be able to change my diet and my, and my palate. So kind of like that. 
um, and then learn how to connect in healthy ways um, from there. I definitely agree with all that. And some of that stuff that you said as earlier about as far as the abusive relationship and stuff was a, a lot, especially when I was ending the relationship with my ex. You know, just the fact that um, for a while, you know, I didn't have him blocked and I was still communicating with him and I had to realize, like, I can't do that. So I finally had to block and cut all ties and not worry about what he was doing or who he was with or what could have should have been. And once I was able to work through that and let that go, you know, I felt a sense of relief especially like when I think about toxic relationships and stuff you know you're giving everything you're not getting anything back you feel drained a lot whether that's mentally emotionally physically spiritually you might not have any trust there you know it might be a hostile environment you might constantly be judged uh there could be a lack of communication continuous disrespect there could be control issues and you know I just learned that you have to you know even when you're in love with that person and you have years invested and you have time and things you have to you have to learn to let go and that goes through with the healing you know finding that healthy support like you said whoever your trusted person is um you have to begin to love yourself and realize that you you know deserve better um you know and like you said something about you have this ideal image of them in your head so you're waiting on them to change so you have to stop waiting on them to change and you know change yourself for the better and you know just accepting that it will hurt when you let that go but again like I said earlier once you start on that path of healing you know and you practice it and practice that self-love um I think it's good I think something that's been beneficial for me and um I do a group on self-care and self-esteem is positive affirmations and however that positive affirmation looks for you you know and in the beginning sometimes it can seem silly or stupid or whatever you know saying these things to yourself because you, you don't believe it but the more you do it, the, the more it works and the more it changes your day. So I'm big on, you know, first thing in the morning, instead of saying something negative, try to say something positive. And that'll help me throughout my day. Um, as far as just building my love back for myself. And, you know, I recommend that to a lot of people to, you know, just focus on you and focus on finding that love for yourself, finding that happiness for yourself, especially after a toxic relationship or, you know, any of those type of situations. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Um, the only thing I would add to it is I remember, so I help the women that I help because I, I am them, I was them, um, similar to your story. But one of the things that I used to hate, 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 hate when people would say to me is you just have to love yourself, um, especially in context of letting go of an unhealthy relationship because I felt like I really was loving myself. I'm doing all of the things. I am writing in my journal, I'm praying to God, I'm staying in relationships with people, I'm, I'm building hobbies. Like, in what way am I not loving myself? And it would feel, again, even more defeating. Like, there was something wrong with me, like, I'm causing this. And it would feel um, like very shaming. Um, and sometimes people weren't trying to shame me and sometimes people were, they were really like judging me with like, why do I keep being in the places that I was being in? And um, what, and, and I wanna say that because I think, I think it's important for people to hear that it's okay if you feel like you're doing all the things and it's not working um, or you're still feeling having the same problems because that just means that there's a roadblock or there's a trauma or there's some kind of um self-belief that you just don't know is there because 
um, you don't have the eyes to see it, right? Because you're in your own body, you can only see through your own perspective, but having someone else outside of you helps you get there. Um, especially, you know, as, um, as black women, you know, we are um, trained to do it all ourselves and figure it all out ourselves and be very resilient. Um, and then something as simple as this, you know, when we're doing everything and everything should be working out right, it's like, well, what's missing? What am I doing wrong? Well, there's just something, there's a roadblock that has nothing to do with you. You didn't cause it. You didn't create it. It's not your fault. And so all you just need is some um, extra support to help you navigate it and figure it out. Um, and I'm saying it intentionally in this easy breezy voice because it, it is, um, you're, you're not gonna deal with it forever and ever. So I just wanna give that hope since we're talking about trauma because trauma can feel so overwhelming. And especially when you do this healing work, it's like you get to one place and you feel so great. And, um, but because oh, it's like layers, it's like something else. It's like, damn, am I gonna be going through this forever? But um, oh, you reach these places of like achievement, but it's okay. It gets better, I promise. Yeah, I, I, just piggybacking off of what you said, you know, um, for the longest, you know, like I said, I thought my trauma was fine. I didn't need to work on it, you know, and I'm a therapist and I've been in therapists like a lot of different times in my life, but I only went for a specific focus, whatever was going on in that moment, never to work on trauma because I always thought I was fine. So whatever reason, I literally just was like, had the bright idea, let me do some trauma work. And I started it. And like, literally the hardest thing I had ever tried to do, you know? And, you know, I always thought I was good. I always thought I had been fine with it, but it's definitely one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, but I've definitely learned so much in the time that I've been doing it. You know, sometimes, like you said, we don't realize we aren't healed until new issues trigger an old wound. And that's what, has happened with me and I had to recognize that. So, you know, even thinking about how trauma affects the relationships, um, I, I recently said like something about me is I know how to love, I know how to give love. That's all I ever wanna do is make sure, you know, my friends are happy, the person I'm with is happy, yada, yada, yada. But unfortunately, I don't believe I deserve it. And so sometimes I wouldn't feel worthy or deserving. And that's how I kept making that same re repetition into the same toxic relationships. So that trauma work is hard. It's definitely like it's hard. Like if had I known it would have been that hard, I probably would have never started. But I'm glad that I did because I think it made me better as a therapist. I think it makes me better as a person, a friend, a child, a future mother, all that kind of stuff. And I and you know, I think it like I said, it opened up my eyes to a lot of the things that I didn't recognize before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. I love that you follow that intuitive voice. That's perfect. It only took me this many years, but oh, I'm finally doing it. It takes what it takes, and you have but to like be I, ready to do it. Like you said, like this, this takes um, takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of focus. It takes a lot of vulnerability, and so it happened at just the right time. Yeah, that's true. So when we when we you know if anybody's listening and they feel like they might have had some trauma that affected relationships or feel like you know, what would be the steps to move forward? You know, from my end, I would say, like like you said, you know, find a trusted person that you want to talk to. Um, and then, you know, if you're ready, begin the steps of healing. If you're in a toxic relationship, learning to let that go um, and begin working on yourself. But what would you say? Um, so that's interesting because sometimes I feel like I have to give two different answers for that because healing trauma and healing relationships 
definitely correlate, but sometimes they're different. So if you're wanting to heal trauma, the first step is um, to find someone to help you, really. Um, I think like if you've already created that goal in your mind, just to go and seek support. Um, I would not suggest that you um, do your trauma work solely by getting a book from Amazon or the library, even though they're there, um, but because of two reasons. One, because of our own bias and we can only see what we see, even if we get a really great book that like will break everything down, um, we're intuitive, we're um, subconsciously only gonna take in the stuff that like we can understand logically, right? We're still gonna filter it through our own perspective. So there's some breakthroughs that you miss because you're still using your own mind and your own experiences to comprehend what the book says. Second, let's say you do get understanding on something that um, is really helpful for you. That stuff is triggering. You will, you will, not trying to be negative, but you will, as a trauma response, go into fight, flight, or freeze if you don't have someone to help you through that, right? Because it's, it's touching a place that's so tender that you've avoided your whole life and you need someone to support you through that, to help you get to a place where you're grounded, to help you feel safe and secure that it's okay to see these things and, and learn about these things. So. Um, find that person, whether or not it is a therapist in your area that you trust and needs to be someone that you get along with. I don't care what the reviews say, if they're the best person, um, I don't care like what it is. If you don't like them, not just think that they can do the If you do not like the person that you were talking to, because this is going to be someone you're sharing your deepest um, secrets and, and feelings with. Um, this is going to be someone that's not your friend, but someone who is close to it in that like you have to have that level of trust so find actual support um and then when it comes to healing your relationships i think doing the no contact and one thing that i think is important to share with the love addiction part is that it's the other side because i said a narcissistic relationship is different than a love addicted because when you're in a love addicted relationship the person that you're with is not abusive but they might be avoidant and people who are avoidant are people who have trust issues and have their walls up. So it's hard for us to express our emotions. If we feel like things are getting a little bit too close or intimate, we start to feel overwhelmed or smothered. Oh, I got this is being taken away. If none of that is happening, we'll find reasons to pick apart the person that we're with. But so like we find that they're getting annoyed, annoying to us and we're frustrated and we try to get busy. And all this happens subconsciously often, but sometimes consciously as well. And so if you're with someone who you're love addicted to you, they can't give you what you need. Um, you're not really going to need healing from emotional abuse because um, anything that happens is not necessarily intentional like it is with an abuser. But the reason I wanted to make that distinction as well is because some of us listening are love avoidance. So the way our trauma is affecting us in relationships is it's hard for us to actually trust people, be it friendships, be it romantic partners or, or otherwise, because we've had legitimate pain to every time we've let someone in, we've tried to depend on people and they've let us down, whether it's in childhood, whether it's, or something else, right? And so that's your trauma. That's how trauma is showing up for you. You could be someone who's super independent and you got everything, 
but when it feel lonely, right? Um, and when you think about connecting with people, it's kind of like, yeah, I could, but do I really want to? I kind of like my freedom. Um, but you're gonna reach a place where that's getting old. So for, for my ladies with intimacy disorders, I break this down to calling love addiction and love avoidance intimacy disorders. For you ladies, it is um, looking at all the places that you use these strategies to keep people away and use people self-medicate in your life and then look at eliminating them. Um, again, I have a roadmap and I'm happy to like share that link whenever we close out, but um, look at all the places you self-medicate and see if you can eliminate them for a while and see what life look like, looks like, see what comes up, see what core beliefs that you're using to, to band-aid um, show up for you and heal those things. Yeah, I definitely agree. So actually, if you want to go ahead and share that now, what services do you offer and the links and anything like that, that, you know, if somebody's looking for you can find? Yeah, well, Rome at first because it's free. Um, so if you go to blackgirlsheal.org slash roadmap, you can um, download that and it'll give you f the five steps that you need for both of those intimacy disorders plus one called love anorexia. And that's where we'll go long periods of time to kind of living in deprivation from relationships because we have a lot of shame. We like who we are. Of course, that's related to trauma, but then we'll come out of this anorexic quote-unquote state and we'll kind of binge on relationships so like we'll get with all these unavailable people and try to connect with people and kind of repeat the same pattern over and over so there's steps for each one of those for you to kind of work through yourself um and then as far as services for anyone who would want to work with me i have um what i call the black girls heal recovery school which is a coaching program um in a self-paced um, but I have weekly calls um, where I will talk with you about what is going on with you, what you're needing, um, giving you that extra support. And we talk about all the things we talked about today, everything from trauma to love addiction, love avoidance, love anorexia, to how your friendships look like, how your self-love and self-care looks like. Like we go in and we go deep. Um, and you can learn about that by going to therecoveryschool.com. And then the last thing is um, this, well, I'm actually, depending on when this comes out, I'm having a um, um, an event called the Self-Love Experience where I'm gonna be breaking down what does self-love actually mean for ladies. Um, you know, it's definitely because of the story that I shared of like not, what am I missing? Like when you say love yourself, what is it that I'm missing? So I'll be breaking that down, sending out swag and gifts to all the ladies who attend. Um, but you can just go to blackgirlshill.org or follow me on Instagram um, just to stay stay in touch with where, what's going on there. And you can find me at blackgirlshill underscore on Instagram and Facebook as well. Awesome. Um, so is there anything else you want to leave with the audience that maybe I didn't ask or you didn't get to discuss when it comes to this topic? Um, I just really want to reiterate that um, there is hope. Um, I get a lot of, um, I got a lot of DMs and messages from women just feeling like whatever they're going through, they're tired of going around in circles, um, they're tired of feeling hopeless. Um, and so there is definitely freedom for you and not just like half a free, think 
I think when it comes to us healing, one of the effects of trauma is we're so used to settling. We're so used to asking people for what we want and kind of expecting them to only do it halfway or kind of sorta, and that becomes our norm. And that does not have to be your norm. Your norm can be anything and everything that you ask and expect from others because you're worthy of it. And you might know that intellectually, but uh, my hope is that you get to a place where you actually believe it and know it to be true, just like the sky is blue and fullness of how that feels because it's available for you. I definitely agree. I definitely, definitely agree with all of that. Um, well, thank you, uh, Sheena, for coming on today and talking to us about what you do at Black Girls Hill and just talking a little bit about how trauma affects relationships how we can start on the steps to healing, you know, the differences between love addiction and being in a abusive relationship and I, uh, the avoidance that you talked about. So all those, you know, thank you for sharing all that information on all those different subjects. Um, like she said, guys, if you want to follow her on IG or Facebook, it's black girl Hills underscore. Correct. Now Instagram black girls Hill underscore and just black girls Hill at Facebook. All right. And then the website is blackgirlsheal.org. So guys, if you want to check her out, do. I follow her on Instagram. She's always dropping great information. You also have a podcast too. Do you want to shoot, shout that out? Yeah, yeah. So my podcast is um, everywhere that you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, and so on and so forth. Um, and so Spotify. So you can just find that by searching Black Girls Heal. Um, and I talk about all the stuff that I talk about, talked about today um, for each episode awesome well thank you again for you know taking time out of your day to come talk to my audience over here about how trauma affects relationships i appreciate it your information was valuable especially for me um i I definitely took a lot of gems from it so i just thank you for coming on happy hour thank you for listening and i'll see you next week peace out Thanks for tuning in to the episode today. Be sure to go follow me on all my social media handles. On Twitter, it's Happy Hour Ash, spelled with A-S-H-E. On Instagram, it's Happy Hour with Ashley. You can find me on Facebook at Therapy with Ashley. And my website's www.ashleyjohnsoncounseling.com. If you want to go ahead and be a supporter of me financially and this podcast to help us grow, Go ahead and click the link under details, or you can go to anchor.fm slash happy hour with Ashley slash support. That's anchor.fm slash happy hour with Ashley slash support. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, Apple reviewers, wipe me a review, and make sure you listen. Have a great day.